This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Glad to have you along. And I am a rogue Christian. And what I mean by that, simply that um, in today's context, in my flawed, to the best of my flawed abilities, I try to be a biblical Christian. And that's not always easy, uh, but part of being a real Christian involves trying to be a doer of what it says in God's Word. So what we do here is I try to expose the truth of what is going on in our lives and our hearts and equip you to be overcomers and to challenge you to make your lives count for eternity. Part of being a rogue Christian sometimes involves going against status quo Christianity. So, for example, in Acts 2.42, in the book of Acts, actually, we find that the early church was devoted to fellowship, teaching, and prayer, and and most of our churches are not devoted to fellowship and prayer. They have the teaching going, but um, I will continue to say that we must become houses of prayer, as Jesus mentioned. That's where our power comes from. That's where our spiritual gauge hits pegs of charts when we have prayer meetings. And then in the Revelations 2 and 3, Jesus confronted two churches on not dealing with sexual issues. And today the porn epidemic is raging in the church. Sexual sin is is blasting to new heights or lows, I should say, not heights, constantly. And so what I try to do is expose these things and then so you can understand the environment in, but not just expose them, but to equip you with, okay, this is what's going on. This is the dark times we're in. What can we do to make a difference? So we're told to be doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves in the book of James. So it's not enough just to study the Bible or go to a church that teaches the Bible. We need to actually put it into practice and put it into action in our lives. So a couple announcements. I will be in Las Vegas April 21st, and I'll be doing a live call-in show from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. It's on KKVV 1060 AM, so if you're in Vegas and maybe you want me to speak at your church or meet up sometime during that weekend, let us know. And then April 22nd, the next morning at 9.30 in the morning, I'll be doing another live call-in show in Vegas as well. So I want to begin by looking a little bit 
and what a lot of people have been talking about recently, the uh, the slap as it's become well known when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. And when I when I saw that video, I felt and I felt bad for both of them, and even maybe slightly convicted because I have been in both of their places. Like Chris Rock, I've I've said cunning words or I've said jokes at other people's expense. Sometimes that I regretted as soon as the words came out of my mouth, and and often I hate to say it. Um, Usually those words that come out, they're awfully in, in the family setting to people I love. And I've been like Will Smith, <clears throat> where I've lashed out in fury and anger. And I've never hit anyone as an adult, and it's very extremely rare that I yell. I mean, really rare. Maybe once every, I don't know, seven, eight, ten years. I'm usually very even-keeled. But I have lashed out in anger, just like Will Smith has done. And what what does Scripture say about jokes? Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 says, Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, Hey, I'm only joking. And Ephesians 5, 4, There must be no filthiness and silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. So we have all said cutting things to other people. We have all been a little Chris Rock where we where we said, "Hey, we said we said something hurtful," and I just you know we we tried to justify it by saying, well, "It was just a joke. Uh, what's what's the big deal? Can't you thicken up your skin a little bit?" And I remember how I think his name was Ricky. I don't know if I was going to say the last name correctly, Gervais or Gervais. It was maybe the last Oscar, the Oscar before. He basically trashed and insulted the entire audience. And and I know it, it was amusing to see, you know, Hollywood people ripped up. But this is our culture and this is what it has become where we get entertained by people insulting other people, tearing them down and cutting them up and then watching in horror when some people react lashing out violently at times. I, I saw a video of a guy who insulted a waitress at a restaurant in Orlando, the Orlando International Airport, just a week ago, and then he got into a fight when a guy told him to, hey, knock it off. So violence and cunning insults have become a part of our culture, and they become a part of our church. Maybe not so much the physical violence, I surely hope not, but when you look at social media, sometimes I just go on social media just to watch and see what people are saying and doing, and it's all you got to do is start talking about politics, and the gloves come off, and the insults come out, and I'm talking Christians here, and I also see situations where Christians are tearing each other apart because of their doctrinal differences, and man, whatever happened to agreeing to disagree and ultimately, what is going on here is what the enemy is doing, and he's doing it very easily and very well, is he's splitting us right down the middle. So as Jesus said, every kingdom divided against himself is brought to desolation. 
and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. So a church at civil war where you have Christians tearing each other apart and bickering or your country in a civil war where everybody's tearing each other and insulting each other and smacking each other. Will Smith and Chris Rock is a picture of who we are as a country and at times as a church. So what do we do about this? I think the first thing we got to do is say, God, would you put a mirror up to my heart? Would you convict me from my own mouth the way I have hurt others? Would you, God, please crucify my flesh? Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your words. Give me your heart for other people. Help me to see other people through your eyes. And the spiritual battle, prayer. There is an intense spiritual battle to tear us up right now, to tear us apart. And the enemy is winning big time. So this goes back to what I said in the very beginning, that why I am a rogue Christian, which means I will continue to challenge churches and challenge believers to become people and churches of prayer, hitting their knees, crying out to God for mercy. We need our, our churches to be houses of prayer right now. That's where the power is going to come from, not just talk, 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 talk. So I'm going to read you an email I got recently from a wife, and we get emails like this all the time. And she writes, My husband is addicted to pornography. I've lost a lot of weight to try and please him, yet he looks at lingerie and swimsuit models for hours on social media and and YouTube. I feel like I've wasted my time trying to look better for him and me, and I don't feel like I measure up to the beautiful models he's seeking out. He blames it on my insecurities and how men are visual. I need help for me. He is not willing to accept there is a problem. And we get emails from wives like this all the time with pretty much the same words where the husband is blaming the wife even though she's you know pleading with them or doing what she can to make the marriage work and make the relationship work uh, and they're deflecting and unfortunately this is what happens just one facet of what happens when a guy gets hooked on porn it hardens their heart into pride and selfishness and self-absorption and all they can see is they want their next fix, their next masturbation hit, their next porn hit or whatever. And woe to the person who gets in the way of that. And what is happening here is both the husband and the wife are chasing vapors. The husband is chasing vapors when he's going after pornography. Pornography is just pictures on images, pixels on a smartphone or a screen or paper it's not it's not an animate object object it's not real and it's not alive it's just pictures so he's chasing after the ultimate high the ultimate fix ultimately he's chasing after love and peace and contentment and joy and he will never ever find that in something like porn that does not satisfy and it cannot satisfy And what is that wife saying? She's trying everything to compete with those vapors, those mists, those things that aren't real. Her husband is blind, but at the same time, she's letting the enemy suck her into the lie that she somehow has to compete with pictures of other women. 
There's no way she can com- compete with something that does not exist. She shouldn't even try to. Wives, you are a beloved daughter of God. That's where this has to begin, is you have to understand who you are. You are your husband's greatest gift from God. That's a part of who you are, too. God brought you two together. Your husband is blind. You have more self-worth than you understand because you're precious in God's eyes. Do not allow the enemy to spear your self-esteem because your husband is going after vapors against things that do not exist that are not real. That's spiritual warfare. That is blindness. That's a man in bondage to sin. But that's nothing that you would need to chase after and try to try to tear him away from. He's in bondage to sin, sex, self, lust, and pride. So this is an intense spiritual battle against the wife and the husband. So I'm going to start moving toward in this show what all of us can do to make a difference in the epidemic of sexual sin in the church. And I, I, I know a lot of people get really wound up around vaccines and mandates and all you got to do is say masks and people freak out and it pushes their button or mandate. And But our buttons should have been pushed more than 20 years ago when we first knew about the porn epidemic in the church and that 50% 22 years ago is 50% of Christian men were viewing porn and 20% of women and now those numbers are even higher thanks to the advent of the smartphone. So before I do that, I just read several headlines of articles just to illustrate what is going on today? And I've, I've done this before, and I, and, I, and I do this from time to time to help you see this is still going on and, and lives are still being destroyed by this stuff. So Christian Daily, this is just a few days ago. An investigation reveals former Hillsong Dallas pastor Reed Bogart resigned because of a rape accusation. Uh, and then recently... Former Decatur pastor faces additional sex crime charges in Tennessee. That was March 22nd, CBS. March 22nd, again, Hillsong Church founder Brian Houston resigns after internal misconduct investigation where he was alone with a woman in a, t- in a hotel, room, hotel room and he was apparently drunk on alcohol. Christian Post, March 16th, Baptist pastor arrested for child porn possession after authorities search parsonage. March 8th, Canadian megachurch pastor resigns after sexual misconduct. Religion News Service, Fox 11 News, pastor arrested in child porn case. CBS, in February, manager of Alabama church daycare charged with not reporting alleged child abuse involving co-worker. February 8th, First News, police arrest local Ohio pastor in sexting, sexting, and then one more, Miami Herald, former pastor in Georgia accused of sexually assaulting a girl on an African trip. And I bring these up to illustrate how sexual sin is destroying lives every day. These are just a few of the news articles that come out. Every day, somebody is being exposed 
often in leadership positions at a church or a Christian organization, and Satan is taking men and women down left and right, destroying families, and all those news articles, those headlines I read you, there are there are families involved. There are husbands and wives and children, sometimes churches. So there's a ripple effect of people whose lives are being destroyed. This isn't just names and statistics and numbers. This is a husband who's being arrested and a wife who's crying as he's being led away. It's children who have lost their dad. It's sexual sin destroying lives. It's the, the email from the wife I led you, read you just a few moments ago. So uh, we've set up a page called The Church in the News on my website, therowchristian.com. And if you go to that, you will see pages and pages of just headlines like this so that you know I'm not exaggerating. So again, that's the Church in the News page on therowchristian.com. So what I want to do is we don't just expose the problem. What can we do? What can all of us do? We can't just hide this stuff. The more you hide it, the more you're going to give the enemy free reign to just keep trampling on lives. And so it begins with each and every one of us going to God and saying, here I am, send me. Just as Isaiah did in Isaiah 6. Are you willing to offer yourself to the Lord in this battle for hearts are being broken every day? And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be involved in what's going on in the sexual realm. It could be other areas. But we need all of you engaged in the battle right now. And it just begins with the willingness, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to be a part of of fighting for the hearts of your people. Whatever it is, God, I'm willing to go to do. And then speak up. You have a story to tell. You have a lot to offer. And God will use, he shines through the cracks of our lives. So I illustrate that with a story. 17 years ago, I was being interviewed on a, on a radio station back in Colorado Five o'clock, the drive time hour, live call-in show. And all I did was share my story. That was it, my story of my background with what I went through with porn and sex addiction and masturbation and all that I did. And as I'm sharing, I'm looking at the host, and all of a sudden, live on the air, the guy breaks down crying and confesses that he has a he's had a long problem with masturbation and I didn't see that coming I did I was did nothing other than share my story and, and why is that because what God says in 2 Corinthians 12 9 my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. If you want the power of Christ resting upon you, boast of your weaknesses and your failures and your flaws and your sins. God shines through those and he gets the glory and you never know how just sharing your story is going to minister to someone and make a difference in their life. People are hungry for connection. They're hungry for somebody who's real. 
Not just somebody who's going to preach a sermon and say, porn is sin, don't do it. Um, that's, that's a good start. But it doesn't encourage anybody or challenge anybody to reach out and get healing or freedom, especially in this issue, in this realm of the sexual sin where shame is so powerful. So that's not, that's not to knock a sermon like that because, you know, God can use them. But we need more than that. We need to bolster our weaknesses. We need to make it safe for other people to come out. People have told me, people have shared a lot of stuff with me that they told me they've never shared with anyone else. And sometimes what they've said, I've watched your videos. And in my videos, I tell a lot of how I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) And that alone encourages them to reach out and get help. So sometimes the best preaching we can do is not by quoting scripture, but just saying how we train wrecked our life and then what God has done to change us and to bring healing. And then educate. I'm constantly trying to make you aware of what is going in the real world and giving you a look at what the church looks like under the hood. Because we don't hear a lot of this stuff Sunday morning. And that's just... A lot of times that's just skimming the top. And we need to go in deeper for healing to go to to happen. So educate. We have to go to our pastors and others and make them realize this is an epidemic of sexual sin that is destroying lives in the church. I mean, if this was just, you know, one or two percent of people looking at porn, I wouldn't be here. But when the needs are this massive and even over <laughs> overwhelming at times and you should see what's going on in our with our staff sometimes that the spiritual warfare is pretty intense in moments and you know why would the enemy do that because he doesn't want frontline ministries going out there and saying hey we got a problem with porn and we need to do something about it so we have to educate make people understand the scope and the size and how many people are struggling with this stuff Another thing you can do is you can go to your pastor in respect and kindness and say, hey, are you aware of what the porn epidemic looks like in the church? And you can show them the statistics. We have stats on our pages on blazinggrace.org. You can encourage them to host a From Porn to Grace conference, which I'll talk to, talk to you about in a moment. You can ask them to consider starting a group for men or wives. Not all pastors are aware of all this stuff. So educate. You can't assume everybody knows what's happening in the sexual realm with the church. And I, and I, God keeps reminding me that all the time. I'm thinking I'm going to be saying the same thing again. And But I, I keep seeing the same, learning the same lesson that a lot of people are not aware of these things. And prayer. Prayer is a big time need right now. We need everybody on their knees praying and crying out to God. What do you want me to do, Lord? Will you shut down the work of the enemy? Will you break down the strongholds that are at the top in church leadership? And then consider hosting a From Porn to Grace conference at your church organization. What this is is a one day, usually a 9.30 to 3 conference that I do. Usually it's on a Saturday, but I have done them during the week 
we have breakouts. Uh, I lead you through the healing processes and what it looks like to walk free from porn and sex addiction and healing for wives and talk about youth. And it's a very effective way to make a big difference to a lot of people in this issue. It will equip you. It will equip your church leadership on what to do in this regard. So if you're interested in hosting a conference, please contact us. Email at blazinggrace.org and our contact information is at the end of the broadcast. You consider also hosting a group or you can tell people about our website. We have a ton of resources on there. So let's do the things that will make a difference. Don't just sit and listen. God, here I am. Send me. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.